people be asking me all the time, yo, most, what's gonna happen with hip hop? I tell them, you know what's gonna happen with hip hop, whatever's happening with us. If we smoked out, hip hop is gonna be smoked out. If we doing alright, hip hop is gonna be doing alright. People talk about hip hop like it's some giant living in the hillside, coming down to visit the town with people. We are hip hop. Me, you, everybody, we are hip hop. So hip hop is going where we going. So the next time you ask yourself where hip hop is going, ask yourself, where am I going? How am I doing? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie. My name is Preston. We are reporting once again live from the trap house. We got our boy uh, Clark Hicks in this bitch. Long time friend of the show. Never been on the show yet. We've been talking about it forever, I feel like. So let's get this thing cooking. You know what I'm saying. Let's do it. So it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But Louis got to I'm a little yeah. drunk already. Already? I'm proud of you. We went to Veg Fest. You have a couple of drinks there? And I had a uh, $5 beer that was really good. Nice. And then I had a hurricane. And I haven't eaten a fucking thing today, so Ooh. so that shit'll hit. Ooh. Uh, I also now have a shirt that says vegan on it, so I'm gonna be wearing <laughs> a shirt that implies that I'm vegan. They're gonna be like, damn, yeah, that's the not... tallest vegan I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Super yeah. vegan. Yeah, I know you just started. I went vegan and I became big ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I turned vegan and now I'm six five. He'd be like seven foot if he ate meat. <laughs> so today, I kind of pitched the idea for this episode to Clark already. Well, I'm going to try to pitch it for the show just as a starter. Up until last week, there has been zero number one on the Billboard hip-hop albums this year. As opposed to last year, when halfway through the year there was already like five yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Lil Uzi Vert, The Pink Tape, was the first number one hip-hop album this year and that was just last week yeah shit and in my humble opinion that was based entirely off of hype the sales have dropped like fucking crazy in the second week i thought you liked that album no (laughs) i don't like it either so it was funny because we had carl on last week our friend friend of the show carl harris we do a music break halfway through the show and he played uh, pink tape song. I didn't want to just shit all over it. I didn't want to be like, you know. The hater in the Actually, room. I think this fucking sucks. I did save my actual opinion, but I was trying to... You kept it polite. If you're trying to be optimistic about the pink tape, go listen to that because that is not going to be here. Sometimes I feel like I'm just too old because maybe when we were 16 we would have liked that, but not oh, yeah. anymore. This is an emergency meeting, right? This is an emergency podcast <laughs> because rap is on the decline, and it's dying, it in is. my opinion. We do consistently talk about wanting to hear a totally different sound in hip-hop than what there is right now. As opposed to last week, Uzi sales dropped 70% this week. Ooh, wow. 70%. That's insane. So, no replay value. So last exactly. week was so inflated by there being 24 songs on the album. Yeah. A lot of people trying to exactly. give it the benefit of the doubt. They're like, no, 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 I no. don't really like this, but I'm going to listen to it at least twice so I can say that's how you know that I don't really like it. Yes. If, you know, if, if it too. drops off that quickly and that much, just shock value. Let's talk about the hype 
in the music because there hasn't been a lot coming out, but I feel like every week people are kind of convincing themselves to like some bullshit because there's nothing else coming out. Yeah. It is either listen to the shitty Gunna album or the posthumous sounding <laughs> no, Young Thug album or you're listening to the Taylor Swift Oh drops. my god. And That's Swift, all we fucking got. Can I say this just as a public statement? If you've seen the meme that says Taylor Swift is for people who have never gotten over anything ever in their lives, think about it for a second and you'll know it's true. It's like elevator music. It has no... It's it's like no poppy, flavor, no modern exactly. elevator music. Y'all are gonna make me cap for Taylor Swift at the beginning of this episode. I like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm not girl? shitting on I don't all of their discography. Taylor Swift. But yes, I think she's Taylor got some good hits that I'm about are fans, undeniable. Louis. We've talked yes. about artist fans yeah, being a huge sure. factor in how I feel about them in general. And the if Taylor you have Swift shitty fans, are stands. Yeah, exactly. But don't compare Taylor Swift to anybody. I mean, I saw them comparing her to um, Michael Jackson. Oh, Prince. hell I mean, no. It's crazy. They're wild, yeah. bro. Hell no. I want to kind of hear your all's thought about how hip-hop is right now. Is it going in the right direction, Clark? I think it's torn. I think there's more influencers becoming rappers than actual Facts. rappers being rappers. Like, you can't tell me Sexy Red and Ice Spice are rappers. It's a lot of like, I miss when we had to go out and freestyle and try to get the record label's attention. Like, there's yeah. none of that anymore. Nobody goes on Hot 97 and try to spit a few bars. No, there are YouTubers can... before well, they're even rappers. Exactly. Or TikTokers. It's yeah. clout trapping, honestly. It's it's like doing whatever the fuck you gotta do to get on the radar. Mm-hmm. And that's not what hip-hop has really been about, ever. There was a period of time where most Genuine hip hop is fuck the label. Exactly. You know, start your own thing. And we've definitely seen like the end of that. Doing your own hip hop tends to. It's not cool anymore. Yeah. So do you all think that's a result of streaming, making it easy for anybody to become a rapper? Or possibly? I think think social media is definitely a factor. If that was the only thing though, then why aren't there a bunch of new like pop stars that are TikTok? Why are there? I mean, there there kind of are. There's also like are there? Yeah, most genres. There's a lot of. I know with artists. country, there's exactly TikTok country artists. Exactly. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard of that. No, so it's like it's interesting because when I'm saying pop TikTok artists, it's like people mixing shit. That's really what what I've seen is like all the super popular songs from TikTok are like kind of synthesized, remixed things. It's not, like, original content, necessarily. You know what we need to stop remixing, bro? That I'm Blue song. If I exactly. go, <laughs> I go the exactly. rest of I my hear life radio every hearing. so often, I'm like, this came out over three months ago. What the fuck? But we had a whole thing on this show where we were talking about radio songs that we fucking despise. Despise. And one of his things, because they always play the radio at his work... Was that uh, there was like a BB Rexa David Guetta version of I'm Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die? Yes. I know exactly. And it was like, and it's the song. worst yep. song I've ever and heard. And literally, in just my a few months after that, this awful Lil Uzi Nicki Minaj song right. that is doing the same thing. The cadence of the beat is all the same. And it's even worse. It's like the original isn't even fucking good. Can we? Can we can we put that out there? I thought it was a meme song at first. It really does feel like a <laughs> meme song. It is kind of a meme song. But I still like it. I think it's a decent song. It feels like original. a meme song. 
But when you remix the fuck out of anything, it's never good. True. It could be a remix of the Mona Lisa. It could be a remix of the best songs ever made, and it still wouldn't transfer over like that. But like Nicki Minaj saying in the hook, uh, I got a Republican doctor. He made my ass great again, MAGA. Oh my god. <laughs> it is 2023, and we're hearing shit like this from yeah. Nicki Minaj. Right. Are you gonna cap for your girl? Clark? I actually it's am. I cannot year. wait for the pink tape. <laughs> the real pink lie. tape. Yes, I'm a proud barb. <laughs> I know y'all can't see it, but Louis is downing this tequila. Let me get some of that. <laughs> we bought that for like ten dollars when we were in Florida, and we still have not finished. That's so pretty smooth. I'll take a, a small a, a sip. Yeah, for the podcast. <laughs> that is the vibe. Be a little crossfaded. Yeah. <laughs> Agua. So I'm done drinking for the year. <laughs> so I've kind of heard your perspective on it, Clark. You think that all the rappers that have died has played a big part in how hip hop's kind of fallen off? It definitely does. I mean, I send you a list, even off the top of my head. I mean, Doug, Pop Smoke, Juice World. Um, help me out, Louie. Who else? X. Um, X, yeah. And people getting locked up. Exactly. I mean, even if those four alone were out and active right now, mm-hmm. I can't even think of where rap would be. At exactly. This stage. Oh I my mean, god. X so that's all it takes world. is like just a handful of good artists. Exactly. So or at least people with a different fucking sound. Mm-hmm. So I was going through here. Let me pull this up actually because I was going through the twenty-five most streamed artists on Spotify, mm-hmm. and most of it's rappers. But looking at it, it's like, okay, Pop Smoke's up there. He's dead. X is up there. He's dead. Fucking uh, Post Malone's on there, and he's entirely irrelevant at this point. He has an album coming out. Nobody knows about it. I mean, but I wouldn't even consider um, Post to just be a rapper. I I think he's made country music. He makes pop. I would put him in the indie genre. I agree. A little bit of everything, for Um, sure. No, what got me was I saw a clip earlier today where it was like, it's one of those me doing art to get attention things. Mm-hmm. They did very nice portrait of Macklemore, and they were talking about them being the best rapper ever. I was like, shut the fuck up. And then they didn't get a response from Macklemore, so they painted over it Jack Harlow. <laughs> they were like, Jack Harlow, I think you're actually the greatest. I don't even think Jack would agree with that one. Right, <laughs> right. You'd be like, me? Are you sure about that? (laughs) It's like, I'll take it, but... You all want to make this a general conversation, too? Because looking at the most streamed artists in general, The Weeknd, Fire, Miley Cyrus, Trash, Yeah. Taylor Swift. I'm not going to say Taylor Swift's trash, but she releases so much music, and a lot of it is kind of the same thing. Oh, no. It is all the same thing. Rihanna is still, like, the fourth most listened to artist on Spotify. Wait, wait, wait. How is that possible? She has not released that's, anything that's new in point. ten years. Her last album's a classic. I love Anti. On Taylor being, like, modern elevator music, the fact that it does all feel the same. Like, mm-hmm. literally every song has the same exact emotion to it mm-hmm. yes. as any other Taylor Swift song. My, my ex makes me kind of sad, but I'm also <laughs> empowered <laughs> off of it. I am a woman. That is, that is the concept of every Taylor Swift song strong. I have ever heard. Yeah. 
Can you imagine? It, it goes sad song, sad song, like empowering song, maybe a happy song, but even if it's happy, it's like toned down. Clark, it, it you, still has an acoustic did guitar. Did you see that uh, Austin Reeves is dating Taylor Swift now? Really? That's what I saw. I don't know how real it is. <laughs> I don't think that's real, but, but it's pretty crazy. But can you imagine dating Taylor Swift at this point? Because it's like, that's litter. That was the meme. 10 years ago True. that if you are dating Taylor Swift, then all that's going to happen is you're going to get broken up with. It's going to be a big, public, messy thing, and then there's going to be Taylor Swift songs about it, and yeah. she's platinum again. I wonder why she hasn't She's just looking for content. <laughs> Inspiration. What do you say? I wonder why she specifically hasn't had to evolve over time, because most people, if they make the same music over and over again for I think years, it's the age demographic. I think that she's kind of tricked her her audience into thinking that she kind of has changed, because yeah. like, like her album Folklore, it's a lot more stripped back production, a lot of it's just over like a bare guitar and nothing yeah. else, so even though... That's different. But, even though the content... Yeah exactly the same they she's tweaking it just enough to stay i mean how many artists from back in the day are really relevant like that like taylor swift really is a fucking anomaly so i mean i can think of the a few, quite a few actually really i mean not really like pop but i mean if Katy perry dropped that would still be a big yeah. deal i mean like we were saying Rihanna, hasn't she been, been flopping recently Katy perry no idea honestly but i, I feel like she definitely still has a fan base yeah. yeah, I think it's the age demographic for Taylor. I think that it's still kids. I think that yes, there are still like young, like high school, middle school age kids that are listening to their music, but there's also definitely like 30, 40 year old yeah people listening to it as well. It, it can appeal to you know that wide of a age range, so at least there's going to consistently be enough people to make money off of it and keep yeah. being relevant. You know what made me really sad? I looked at this list, and it was five years ago today on the top 100. This is the top 10 songs. I Like It, Sad, Lucid Dreams, Girls Like You, Psycho, Nice For What, Boot Up, God's Plan, and Meant To Be. That shit is just a wave, bro. Like Yeah, that's a pretty solid list. Like, even though some of those songs I would not play now, that was still, like, when, like, the radio hits were still, like... Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah really if important. this is on to the function, yeah. I mean, we're lit. I mean, we don't even have songs of the summer anymore. What's the last song of the summer? Maybe yeah. it's because of COVID. What was the yeah. song of the summer this year? It's fucking July, and there's been no one song that just stands out to us. Even in the Uzi I don't album, know. I mean, what I one know. song is everybody talking about on that album? Let me fact check myself before I say something, but there's been enough new music, just not quite like there should be. I'm, for the I'm, summer. I'm pulling up the charts right now because I want to see if there's anything that's really been <laughs> staying at the top. We're all on taking a Spotify break. Check <laughs> our sources. Seven by someone named Jungle Cock is the top of the charts right now. Bruh. Yeah. Fast Car, Luke Combs. Honestly, you know what I was about to say? I think a lot of people like it, and it has at least come out since the beginning of this year. Dogtooth, Tyler. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. I, I swear that's I don't even popular, remember that. but I feel like that should be up compared to other songs. But yeah, we got Jungle Cock, Luke Holmes, Morgan Wallen, Jelly Roll, a Billy Eilish song that just came out, a Post Malone song that just came out, 
Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, not only is none of this hip-hop, none of this is fucking remarkable. None of this is mm-hmm. fucking even worth looking at. So, this is the inevitable question, and Clark kind of already hinted at this. Are we just getting old? <laughs> is is that all it is? Is it just going to not be appealing? So I think so, because, I mean, me and Lou used to listen to, like, Lil Pump. Yeah. <laughs> like, we used to listen to our version of like cringe rappers so I mean I guess they're just having they're their just turn. in a new wave yeah. they have like Lucky and Destroyed Lonely and Yeet and all those guys like we had Cardi and Uzi but yeah. I mean even but, those don't hit the same anymore so yeah. I don't know maybe, we're, maybe we are just 65 year old 20 <laughs> but even like someone who's really popping like Destroyed Lonely or Yeet they're not popping like the people were popping I mean just commercially sure. numbers wise that's very true I mean Numbers don't matter that much. Let me get that out of the way. Because I listen to some underground rappers that are still good. Not a whole lot, but I mean, there's shit that's out of the mainstream that's still good. Yeah, you don't gotta be famous to be making good shit. But I think that it's a top-down industry, and part of the reason why the underground artists can make money is they have the occasional Lil Wayne feature. They have the occasional, you know... Very true random popular feature. Denzel Curry works with fucking everybody. See, I was about to say, I think that's part of why there's so many like TikToks that are just about some producer, some rando from nowhere trying to be like, hey, I've covered this song by you. Mm-hmm. You inspire me. Like, let's work yeah. together. That is so often a thing where they're, where they're like, let me do a crazy remix of somebody's song and be like, reach out to me. We can work together. Like, I you know, make my dream come true, whatever the fuck. Yeah. I like what Louis was saying. That's about, all it um, takes. There are the, I guess, few year younger generations rappers aren't doing what our rappers did. No, nah, because yeah. like, you remember... Cardi was on. You like, remember Post Malone's run yeah. when we were in high school? Yeah. I mean, we would go to school the next day huge. after an album came out. Everybody was talking about it. Remember when Culture 2 came out in high school? I mean, yes. that was a I still remember that. I mean, I feel like that kind of stuff. And that album wasn't even anymore. good. <laughs> exactly. And everybody was talking about it. <laughs> but I also feel like. But commercially, too, like some of the shit, like Bad and Bougie that came out mm-hmm. back then, that shit would be in the top 10 for like six months. Yep. Rockstar. There is nothing that's mm-hmm. coming out right now that is doing that. And then I feel like um, Yeet and Destroy Lonely, Lucky, all those guys, I mean, they're really just clones of Cardi and Uzi, so I guess they're not going to go as far as the original, of course. I know Clark's going to be excited about this, but little Baby Trends, after fans noticed that several tour, tour dates are getting canceled because the tickets cost $200 and nobody wants to go. The tour was going to go to Phoenix, Sacramento, Salt Lake City, Denver, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, and Louisville. And yeah. all those dates got canceled because no one was paying. Yeah, the ticket day. sales were not good. This is someone who, like, two years ago was one of the biggest artists in the world. Mm-hmm. So, let me ask y'all this. I was anti-mumble rap when I was 16. I mean, I think... Looking it, it back on it, start. it's cringy. Yeah. That I was so like that, that I was so much more focused on like the lyrical people, the the people that were rapping well. And my perspective was, you know, the people doing this little club music are going to fade out and we're going to be in a worse place because of it. Eventually, I kind of changed my tone 
and Clark was putting me on to like Lil Skies back in the day, and I was listening to all these Lil rappers <laughs> back in the day. I mean, but now I'm starting to think: Was I right I, all along about these artists that we were just saying? Okay, you all can I guess, make pop yeah. songs out of hip hop. I definitely remember listening to mumble rap with you, and you, or, or like you talking about mumble rap at some point. Mm-hmm. And like I've heard before that y'all both knew me when I was corny like that. Yeah. Y'all both knew me when I was like, yeah, who the fuck wants to listen to a Lil Uzi Vert? Cardi's so trash. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, maybe it, maybe the beat just goes hard, you know? You can't deny when everything else makes up for the fact that, like, you don't necessarily know what the fuck they're saying, and even if you could, it's probably some nonsense. Yeah, like, idea is, if it's rhythmic enough, you'll fuck with it. Yeah. The best rappers can do both, though. Yeah, no, exactly. Like Kendrick can do both. Kendrick can do both. Uh, there's exactly. a few rappers like that who can make the lyrical I was listening at Vino earlier and I was like shit the beat goes so hard and the lyrics do too luckily the I was talking to Louie about this luckily the producers aren't the ones getting locked up because if Metro <laughs> Southside Pierre if they got locked up then I know the rappers aren't talented enough currently to yeah. keep rap going so yeah. thank god shout out Metro shout out the producers speaking of Metro I screenshotted this this was like a day after the Uzi album came out. Mm-hmm. Metro's album Heroes and Villains is now returned to being the rap album currently getting the most daily streams. It has now spent over 80% of the year as the number one most streamed rap album. Very well. That done. came out a year ago. Very That well. came right. out a year ago. Right. And it's still the most popular thing. Dude, ain't that the story recently, though? You know? Even if it's, like, going off right now, it did not just come out. Yeah. That has not been the case for a long fucking time. And that's fucked up, because that's like, that's what we were talking about, like, a, a song of the summer. It's yeah. like, even if there is a vibe that, like, like, I was about to say, Dogtooth would be a good song of the summer, because it's got that energy, but, but it's not back popular. out in March. That's true, yeah. too. That's true. And it's not popular, and that's probably just because of all the bullshit that's out there right now. It's crazy, man. It's a crazy fucking world that we live in. Mm-hmm. I think it's just arts on the decline in general, though. Like, that's what the writer's yeah. strike right now and the actor's strike in Hollywood right now is 100% that the people with the money are starting to think they don't fucking need these people and that they can just get a robot to do it. They can... Have you seen that shit where they're talking about basically paying people a day's worth of money and then using their likeness for the rest of eternity, basically? That's crazy. Like, they will own the rights to their likeness. No credit, no nothing. They just, if you're a background character, basically, they would just scan you, have you do a day's work, let you go, and just use your likeness for anything else that they produce. Like he's an AI? Like an extra. Yeah. That's crazy as fuck. And they're doing they're that just for be music, generated. too. I mean, they're, um... They yeah, and exactly. rappers, music, well, and there's, their lines in there. There are AI there. rappers. Mm-hmm. There are... And the deepfake shit's getting so crazy. That's, yep. that's what I mean by, like, they would basically scan it and they would just deepfake your entire body. They'd probably have just one asshole in a green suit doing all the, like, standing around and shit. That's all And they just trace it on. <laughs> and I agree with the art in general going downhill. I mean, yeah. it feels like all the movies these days, they're all remakes. Yeah, yes. exactly. They're all remasters. Yes. Like, exactly. I'm not spending the same... I'm not spending $70 on a game I played on the PS4, like, three years ago. I, Come on, give me a break. Honestly, I thought... For sure. The most recent game like that, for me, even though I enjoyed playing it, was the most recent God of War, where it's like... Really? Yes. So listen, 
it's a good game all around, and it is different, and I like what's different about it, but there are so many ways where it feels just like a lot of other games that I've played. Mm. And the first one was so groundbreaking that the fact that now they're basically done with that, it wasn't even a trilogy, it was just a, a mini-series, and then they're basically not continuing the storyline, supposedly. They may have an Atreus side game, but they're going to do like a whole other reset, a whole different pantheon, different style of game. And that's not coming out for the next five years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's where like creativity is in short supply, where it's like, probably they're not paying these people enough. There aren't enough people being encouraged to go into the fields mm-hmm. to you know be able to do graphic design and character and, creation and storytelling. And it's also and like, the fans are so unappreciative. Like so, I'm talking, yeah. I talked to my cousin who's in school there to be like, a video game maker. He talks about how basically fans can bully oh, the studios sure. to 100%. be like, okay, you all said we we're going to have a game by so, now, so fucking come out dude. with it. It doesn't matter if it's unfinished no, or glitchy dude. or broken. <laughs> dude. And games end up worse because of it. Because mm-hmm. that was, what was that one game you played that came out where the gun would be in your hand, but it would be invisible because it wasn't even fucking... Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk is a perfect example of that. I was about to say... Elder Scrolls Online was definitely Skyrim came out and people were like it's been fucking years give us something Bethesda and they just said here's an MMORPG that's just like every other MMORPG you've ever fucking played except you gotta pay to play asshole and and then have not continued like the actual base genre but sometimes I feel like the developers bring that on themselves, though, yeah. by giving themselves unrealistic... Um, That's true. Yeah. But that goes back into the maybe not having but, enough people. Mm-hmm. Think about how rap does it, though. If uh, yeah. uh, if you announce the day is June, and your shit is not ready by June, then you'll never hear from the artist again. They'll be like, okay, well, it'll be ready when, when, when it's, it's ready. ready. Yeah. And I almost prefer that over saying... Let me release an unfinished version of the game. I would definitely prefer that. I mean, all the games that have been coming out recently, I think the new Star Wars game people have been saying, it came out buggy. I mean, it's just a Yeah, well, and that's funny because the last one did too. I I had it, and it was a little buggy. Which one? The uh, Fallen Order, I think. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the newest Star Wars game. And, like, as much as I'd love to play it, I don't know. I'm sure it's another one of those, like, God of War... Ragnarok, where it's sort of like different, but I feel like I've played this game before. And it's seventy dollars. Like, yeah, thanks. No, and and also like, like that's like five. If I'm more. buying new games, there's so it's it's just like Netflix. There's so and music. There are so many existing materials that I'm mm-hmm. never going to play through if I just play every new fucking game that's put in front of me. And there are plenty of great games that I've never played before. Uh, I had never played Mass Effect until like last year. That was fun. That was different. I had not played a game like that in a long time. And it was kind of a nice throwback. And I feel like that's where I get caught up is it's like if you're going to produce inferior content to, you know, even if the graphics are old. You know what I've been playing recently? Balloon Tower Defense 6. Oh my god! (laughs) I've never played Balloon Tower Defense 6. I've played it since it was like the first one and it was my friends like pc that we were playing it on and it was just so much fun but the thing about it is that makes it so addicting there's like skill trees and stuff like that so so good like it's replayability they they developed the game in a way where 
it's still the original concept. You're still popping balloons and getting to the Moab round and fucking up the blimps and stuff. But it's just tweaked in a little way yeah. that makes it different, new, and interesting. Yeah. So is that kind of the key to creativity yeah, and music right now? If, if they can kind of do what's happening now, but just in a slightly different way? Yeah, that is, and I think that's part of it too, is like, everything's trying to be something else, it feels like. That's where I've been struggling with a lot of music and and most media even, is that everything feels like it's trying to be just like something else that was super popular. Music for sure. Music for sure. Cause, but like a lot of TV feels like that too. Because like Clark said, I feel like everything's trying to be a Playboy Cardi imitation yeah. right now. And then you'll hit a wall doing that. I mean, you can yeah, only get so exactly. far imitating someone else. I mean, Cardi got so far because what he was doing is new, innovative. I mean, nobody's ever heard anything like that yeah. before. And um, I don't think, I don't even think the reception was very good at first, but he just kept doing it, kept refining the sound. Yeah. And eventually yeah. he got it down and created a niche. Because before his last album came out, everybody was like, okay, I've heard enough of the baby voice. Let's, yeah. let's stop <laughs> hearing the... I can't even do how his voice sounds. But but you gotta respect it because everyone's trying to fucking be like that now. So I can't just say it's trash if everyone is trying to do the exact same thing. Yeah, I can say it's trash because it's not as good as Yeah, Cardi just because it's popular yeah. don't mean it's good. I mean, what Cardi clone made an album better than Die Lit? I can't think of one. I can't say that it's trash because... If something's trash, it's not going to influence a whole gang of people to do the exact same thing, even if it's making music worse. Oh, I'm not talking about Cardi. I'm talking about the clones. Yeah, I'm yeah. not feeling it. I can definitely call them trash. <laughs> this is the point in the episode where we play a song for musical intermission. Yeah, to cool down. We, we play a song, and we talk about it for a little bit, and then... So we usually let our guests play something. Do you have something that you're something trying to clean the something timeline? To, something to make us less angry about how bad music is now. Louis, this might make you angry, but I like this person, Frank Fias. Okay, let's play. This one take me off of you. This one knock me off my square. Look at that. I can't fake a smile it's hard to wear. And I can't show no love, that shit too rare Is it cause my whip so fast, you don't see no flaws Is it cause my bitch so bad, she blew you off Look at that, all of the things they want That was Price of Fame by Brent Fias Louie, I'm curious to hear, what did you think? I fuck with it I like the vibe, I think that's kind of what an artist like Brent Fias relies on The vibe in a song is good because you're not going to get that much lyrically, you're not going to get that much production-wise, but if you like the melody and, you know, kind of how it sounds, then you'll fuck with it. And I fuck with that. I fuck. I don't know if it's because I'm a little inebriated right now. <laughs> it was a little that, vibe. That probably helped, but I fucked with it. I what really do you like fuck a beat with switch. About? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We like a beat switch here. That's a crucial part of like, sure. our, our taste, generally. <laughs> I mean, that's different it? from most music on its own. I, I really liked what Brent was doing vocally. I like the beat switch and what he did with his voice on the beat switch, how he changed it. Mm -hmm. I like how both halves of the songs had different vibes, keeps you interested, keeps you entertained. Yeah. 
Pierce, when I'm watching him produce some music, he always talks about how you need some change in a song. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, if it's the same from front to back, it, you're going to yeah. lose interest. Yeah. Unless it's a very short song, which is how some songs are able to get away with that. But if it's like a four-minute song, if there's yeah. no change from the beginning to the end, then it's just like, okay, why am I listening to this? From beginning, I feel like that's what a lot of old music is—a lot of repetition, a lot of the same guitar riff repeated mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Whenever I find a song doesn't change much, I always end up turning it off like halfway through. Yeah, it's hard to listen to even a if you're in a song that yeah. doesn't change. Even if you like the feel of it, you're like, okay, you've heard what I heard the hook multiple through. times, and exactly. I'm halfway through. So. Or just go to my favorite part and then. Go to the next song, like, yeah, got it. That's a crazy part about music listening right now, too, that we have maybe, like, 15 seconds in a song where it's, like, that is the most fire 15 well, seconds Well, that's, that's the part that was on TikTok. That's exactly yep, what that exactly. 15 seconds is. Not necessarily, because even I have that, and I'm not a TikTok yeah. guy like that. Like, there will be some songs I listen to where I'm like, okay, this is the part where they're doing all this crazy shit that I fuck with yeah. so much that I'm listening to the song for. And sometimes you wait to get to that part, and sometimes you are like, okay, a minute and a half Skip. through, yeah. let's let's hear the good part. I mean, but if I, I guess, what's the benefits of an artist even making a song longer than two and a half minutes? I mean, our attention spans are so short right now because of social media. Can we even finish a four-minute song, most people? <laughs> True. Five-minute song, hell no. <laughs> it, very and I love five-minute songs. <laughs> I feel like I've said both on the podcast, but I could go either way. You know, yeah, no, it's got to be good though. If it's only yeah. two minutes long, like you better be giving me all you got. We're all, we're <laughs> all <laughs> kid, shit. We're all kinder. I'm not here for here. two minutes, and I'm just like, it's mid. No intro, nothing. Just start, start off with the bottom. start off yeah. hard. We're <laughs> if all. It, if it's two minutes. Yeah. Go. Cr- the beat better go crazy. <laughs> we're all kinder fans here. Exactly. Yes. And. We all know what Unless he can do an with intro, like an extended intro. amount of time. Like, fucking yeah. Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst is so widely good, considered as one of his best songs ever. Yeah. It's like 12 minutes long. It's like two songs. See, but that's, that's like uh, like Prisoner 1 and 2 by Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. That's, that's like another prime example of how to do a long song where you have this total switch halfway through and it's like a mirror image of the first half of the song yeah and it adds so much meaning and it basically feels like a different song and it could have been it could have 100 percent been two separate songs and you listen to them back to back on the album but it doesn't give the same message of as if it's this one whole thing that if you're listening to it you're listening to it and it also depends on the artist i mean some yeah your yeah. songs need to be five minutes because he's telling a story and yeah. some artists can't get away with some artists don't tell stories like that mm-hmm. but i'll give you an example of kind of the opposite in the spectrum uh frank ocean's pyramids 10 minute song a lot of change up throughout it not a whole lot lyrically it's more about the sound and how it progresses over time if you're an artist that focuses on like the sound of your music and less about the lyrics you can still be successful yeah i mean that song is fucking fire you like that song i love pyramids i like working in the pyramids at night songs night's good um Super Rich Kids is good. Yeah. He makes very good long songs. So I'm going to kind of transition this into this conversation that I kind of wanted to bring up in the first half of the show, but I didn't get a chance. I heard someone on YouTube say that rap's in a bad place 
kind of what we were saying. And they also thought that R&B was kind of at a point where it was more interesting than rap music. There's yeah. so many different sounds. There's so many artists that are popping out and really making a name for themselves. One of my favorite albums of the year is the Daniel Caesar album. Yeah. And that's deeply rooted with like that old R&B sound where... It's a lot of love songs, and but like that's it's very melodic. Sounds very good. That's what good R and B is sometimes. But, like, but shit. what's cool about it now is that you have so much like new production style. Yeah. You have that same electronic element added to. I think that it's just reaching others into other genres. I think that's part of it. Is R and B had a really specific sound for a long mm-hmm. time, and so for it to be, yeah, getting this sort of change up is probably because of influence of other genres. I think Frank Ocean is probably one of the people that really pioneered that. Because yeah, exactly. He was in 2012 doing R&B pop music, and he had a lot of like electronic I mean, shit in it. Last episode we were talking about Gambino doing R&B and yeah, hip-hop, oh, yeah. and that's like some of my favorite songs are a fusion of R&B and hip-hop. Absolutely. It's such a solid sound. It's such I, a powerful I think, combination. I think that's probably part of the reason why... R&B might be kind of next up as far as... There's so many R&B artists that are great that work with hip-hop artists all the time. Yeah. And like you said, that's... Well, and R&B is like about the the beat and the lyrics can be kind of secondary because if it's a love song, all love songs sort of sound the same, go the same. Yeah. But all the beats in R&B are incredibly solid. And so that's where hip-hop comes in with like some... If you throw some crazy lyrics, speed up... An R and B beat, they complement each other well. It's like exactly. um, R and B ass, so rap is missing, and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. A couple of people that do that really well. I feel like uh, Mary J. Blige mm-hmm. is yeah, a great exactly. feature on rap songs. Some I, I love songs that. Have her on. Um, uh, I don't SZA. know if he's absolutely yeah. is a feature on a rap song. Yeah, just takes it to the next fucking level every time. Well, and so that's where you get into the like you'll have like a section of the song where it's like a little prelude and it'll be just R&B for like 10 seconds of the song and then it becomes hip hop and then in that sort of mix you get to like spoken word hip hop poetry yeah. shit where mm-hmm. it's like it slows the beat down it becomes more R&B sound. a different feeling I mean that kind of thing's been going on for a while I mean yeah. um, Jay-Z with Alicia Keys New York State of Mind yeah absolutely Run This Town with Kanye, um, exactly. Jay, and Rihanna. I mean, it's R&B and rap just go very well together. And I'm glad people have noticed that for a while. That's probably part of the reason why Jay-Z was so commercially successful as he yeah. was. Because he knew how to for sure. facilitate a good cast on a song. As opposed to just being like, you're popular, let me get you on the song. I mean, even like, he had soon tie with, um, fucking like Justin Timberlake. Like, yeah, he's been using. You're <laughs> talking about Mary J. Blige. Now or Never. Yes, Jeez. bro. Now or Jeez. Never is one of the best songs ever to me. So slept on. So slept on. I guess it's because it's like a bonus song. It on is. The album. It is, but it's like, who the fuck cares? If it's that <laughs> fucking good, yep. come on. Yeah, if... If that's a that's a little dessert. That's you listening to the whole album. Good job. If your good kid Here Mad City experience ends with Compton, that album just is not as good as if you play it all the way through and you hear Now or Never and the yes. recipe. Two of my favorite kidder songs ever. 
But anyways, fuck. I think a lot of hip-hop now is just waiting for these mythical albums to drop that may never drop, like this Travis Scott album that we're finally about exactly. to get after like 10 years, or like I hear news about like the Andre 3000 solo album. Which would be still nuts, but like... after 50 on, years, yeah. and he still come never on. come up. Or uh, I saw one account that's really popular be like, here are all the details to Kanye West making his new album. It's like, are we really yeah, who cares? seriously still at that point where we're expecting Kanye to save rap music for us? Yeah, right. <laughs> are we not done with Kanye I think at this point? It's rough, I guess it's we also are. Like, I've been done with Kanye. We know Kendrick's not coming out with another album. Yeah, we might not see him ever again. Ever, but, <laughs> but he did everything he could with the last album. You know, For he sure. definitely is aware of what hip hop's looking like, and was like, "Fuck it." And at least you know, let's for go back when Kendrick drops, it's gonna be quality. It's right. gonna be something different. I'll take that. Over We're not gonna get that quality the week. Like, oh my god, dude! <laughs> like, exactly. I don't want another Drake There's no one else bringing years, that please. value to what's out there right now. I'm gonna defend Drake a little bit again. I defended Drake last episode a little bit. I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna have to start. I know that's your Drake a little bit. <laughs> Well, I just gotta bring a different perspective because I know that Preston doesn't fuck with Drake like at all, and I know Clark does not fuck with Drake at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's something to taking your time with a record, being like a Kendrick, and being like, okay, I'm gonna wait five years and I'm gonna drop an album that's fucking fire because I'm gonna deliver and I'm not gonna be like that. But Drake has a different mentality. He feeds his fans. Every year, yeah. he's dropping at least one album where he's like, okay, this is going to tide you over until my next release. <laughs> see, it's going to have at least see. one hit on it, and you're going to get what you want. Maybe one hit. <laughs> and, I mean, you could tell how his quality of albums has decreased over the years. Because, well, I mean, and that's why absolutely. he's also into, like, beefing with people, because he knows he's struggling to stay relevant. <laughs> When he's producing mid-content year after year. Like, I think nothing was the same to Take Care was... Or, nothing was the same to, if you're reading this, was two years. Yeah. Um, take Care to Nothing Was the Same was two years. But, I mean, after that, he dropped, like, yearly. It yeah. Was like, like, Which is insane. Not, exactly. He, like, long albums. He too, dropped... Like 20 song albums He dropped two year. in 15, one in 16, one in 17. Oh, my God. A double album in 18. Exactly. Uh... Then he took a couple of years. No, he where, took. Um, he dropped. What's did. it called? Dark Lane demo tapes. Was that in nineteen or was that in twenty? That was in twenty. And then oh. before that was a collection of songs that weren't on streaming. It's just too much. Yeah, but, exactly. But it's artist based, right? Like if you were a huge Drake fan and you knew that every year you were going to get a new Drake album that you would at least enjoy some of it. Isn't that a See, good thing? No, I'd rather have higher replay I value. I agree. You know? Like, I can content... That's like... Let's go back to Kendrick. Every Kendrick album has yeah. such incredible replay value, even though there's such an extended period of time in between some of them. It's like... I could continue to listen to this last album for the next good 10 Matt years City and be fine. And Good Kid Mad City still hits... Mm -hmm. As with most of his music. No, I mean, even with Drake, I, mean, I still go back to, um, if you're reading this consistently, I mean, that sounds like it came out yesterday. Yeah. Because he took For his sure. time on it, and you can tell. I think that Drake's formula is kind of the old formula. Yeah. Where all these old artists, like, you know, Snoop Dogg, yeah. or like, all these artists that were commercially relevant back in the day, 
they just kept releasing more and more and more music. That's what I mean. I think Drake and just was, wants to stay relevant. It was good back. enough from year to year to be successful. But at a certain point, it's like, bruh, 50 Cent, you're five albums away <laughs> from your classic album. And the shit after that has just been aight. And we're still <laughs> listening to it. Hoping, pleading that we get something better than that, but has it never comes. Hasn't there been I, so many artists like that, though? You know, I would love for Drake to just tap in, be like, "Okay, next two years, I'm making this album, and it's the, it's going yeah, to be it's a great album. It's going to be my best album since my classics in the early yeah. 2010s." But that would be if we don't get that. If we get an album worth of good Drake songs every year, I'm not mad. But that messes up your legacy, though. I mean, if you really... Yeah. I mean, Drake wants to be seen as one of the best. Yeah. And if you want to be seen and it's as so one of the painfully best, obvious. You can't, exactly. You can't just drop mid-albums every year. I mean, even if you wait every two years like Tyler does. I mean, mm-hmm. he drops good Tyler albums, still drops every year. Heat. Tyler's a workhorse. Yeah, for sure. Every other year, like clockwork, he changes his sound. Like, it's because he's creative aesthetic. like that. It's aesthetic. really that he's creative like that. He likes working with so many other people that it brings in so much different sound yeah. and forces him to adapt. But, but 13 was Wolf. 15 was Cherry Bomb. 17 was Flower Boy. Yeah. 19 was Igor. 21 was Call oh, Me If You Get Lost. Those are... Five albums that, is that are completely run. different from each yeah. other. That's an and he releases and every other year. They're all pretty fucking fire. I mean, even his music videos and the way he dresses yeah. is different in each album. He changes personalities every two years. It's crazy. Imagine if I did that. Imagine every other two years. Imagine the end of this year on the podcast. I'm just, hey guys, I'm Hollywood now. My new aesthetic is traveling. <laughs> we we start videoing the podcast. Hell no. Now that you say that though, that's probably like the formula for releasing where every other year you're gonna remind the audience, hey, I'm that motherfucker. Yeah. But it's long enough where you can deliver some real replay. You can value. actually tap in in the course of two yes. years versus one fucking year. And he has things to talk about. Yeah. I mean, what he do you like have to lives talk about? life and actually puts it into music. I feel like Drake's just trying to make like mm-hmm. a song. I mean, what do you have to talk about from like January to June? Like, <laughs> in six months. Like, when you're successful, do you think you stop living life to some degree? Kinda. Because, in a way, I mean, Drake's probably had a lot of fun in his life. He's probably been to a lot of clubs. He's probably drinking a lot of See, alcohol. Tyler feels like a real life. person. Drake, I'm sure that man does not live, like, a normal life. Not at all. And also, like, you got to think about how often people are touring and shit like that. That is not a normal lifestyle. Yeah. Living out of a suitcase, living out of your overnight bag. Yeah. So, like, Tyler has time in between albums to, like, go and... Find a new love interest in writing albums. Hang out with Nardwar, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I love Nardwar, dude. Me too. Mm -hmm. I want to have a Nardwar interview. That is the peak level of fame that I want. (laughs) Anything after that, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Dude, how did you know I liked this really obscure thing in second grade? You said you're highly suspicious. We have to know. (laughs) He'd be like, Eastern High School? <laughs> James Coombs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so crazy. And part of 
what I would love about being on Narwar show would be he would have to sprinkle me with gifts. He would probably have to give me some things. So <laughs> what he give you? <laughs> and it would be like, I got you an eighth of shrooms because I know you would really like them. <laughs> Damn, Narwar, you're the feds. I got you a handle. <laughs> I got you this big old monkey pop one. How did you know I wanted? I got you an OG dank cart. <laughs> I got I got this contraption that you dreamed about one time that you really wanted. How did you know? You're a Louie from Highly Suspicious. We have to know. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's just such a cool guy. He really is, though. Cause cause every episode is just whole so wholesome. He, he is just, wholesome. He's he's also like never changed. That's what I really respect is that he's like continue to have the same energy, do the character. Anytime he breaks character, it hits. I'm literally like, dude, no! They're showing his humanity! They got Nardwar! Do y'all have a favorite Nardwar meme? Like, do you have a favorite? I like when Tyler fucks with him and is like, come here, give me a kiss! <laughs> I really liked his interview with Drake, the first one. That was a funny interview. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I'm looking at Nardwar's YouTube channel. He's been, his first interview was 16 years ago. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Well, and he's sort of been doing that shit since, like, college, basically. That's crazy. Like, he did college radio and really? was doing interviews with that. Like, he's kind of like that, but it's also 100% like, detached himself him, from who I heard him talking about interviewing Kurt Cobain. Yeah. It's like, damn, he's been around for yeah. a grip. No, and when he started off, people were assholes to him. Yeah, I bet. But like straight up, they didn't get it. They didn't get that he was actually like a mega fan. Like he loves yeah. all music. He appreciates yeah, every person fan. that he is interviewing. You so ever see him say a negative thing him? about anybody? No, never. No. Exactly. Never. I mean, even his questions, he doesn't talk about controversial. Yeah, stuff. he's he not trying to get people too. in his interviews. Yeah. Like a lot of regular interviews for mm-hmm. celebrities go. He's so, literally just like, yeah. "Hey, he I know all this about you, and." You're the best. Just celebrates the artist. And yeah. we need more of that. That's why artists are so willing to go on Nardwar as opposed to other platforms where yeah. they know they're going to get grilled. And- yeah, and it's just for clicks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my two favorite Nardwar memes. The first one is the infamous Travis Scott clip where Nardwar is like, How do you keep your pants up when you're on stage? And <laughs> Travis takes like 10 seconds to respond. He's like, <laughs> Belt. <laughs> Belt is good. That's a good meme. But <laughs> another good meme was when Absol was on Nardwar and he was like, Now, if you say any weird shit, I'm gonna have to punch you. <laughs> and Nardwar kept saying, you know, personal shit about his life. And every time Absol was like, Dog, I don't wanna do this, but you're really <laughs> exposing a lot about my personal life. So how do you all think he gets that information? Because I have a few theories. It's not just him researching. Yeah, he's got to have a staff for for sure. He probably talks to old people. Oh, yeah, he goes to people's hometowns, obviously. Obviously. Which that information is out there for most celebrities. But he definitely goes to, like, their fucking street. Yep. Ask people, like, hey, what was it like knowing Mm so-and-so? 
when they were a kid. And Dude, that's so crazy. Stories. And it's probably not that's even so him crazy. doing it. It's probably like his staff. So yeah. people are under the impression. That I'm sure at one point it was him doing it because sure. he probably didn't yeah. make enough money to do it as a full-time job and hire people. Like a third party. Yeah. yeah. But he talked about the Kurt Cobain interview and he said that was the most difficult interview he yeah. had to do. Because one day, it was like a two-day show in Seattle. He wasn't supposed to be there, so he was like in the pre-show, and he was hiding in the bathroom, standing on top of the toilet. <laughs> and then he got caught, and they threw him out. So he came back the next day, and he was able to get it. That's just like, that's commitment to the fucking grind, to like go to people's hometowns yeah. and... <laughs> And be a whole fed and investigate their whole lives. I mean, he's really passionate about what he does, and I can respect that. He's got a calling. Lil Uzi's interviews with him are pretty good, too. Cause yeah, I watched those. He's out of his fucking mind on something, basically. Are you pulling out of the clip? Yeah. He gets him a Rob Zombie poster. Uzi, a Rob Zombie poster. <laughs> <laughs> You should have played him for the whole link. He goes for a minute. I know. <laughs> yeah, Uzi's an interesting guy. <laughs> I want him to bounce back so bad. You remember what I said about Uzi the first time we talked about him, like a mm. month ago? I was like, I'm excited for his next album because he went to rehab and he's now like completely sober and he had the whole, you know, non-binary stuff. And it's not his responsibility to tell all that to the world, but I just figured that he would have some actual content. And he was on that album talking about, you know, Mama, I'm sorry, I'm off of Molly. And it's like, bro, we know you're fucking sober. It's not cool to just be talking about it still yeah. especially like talk about your experience not doing drugs yeah. or like what's rehab like dude he did a song yeah he did a song called rehab which is the only song of any substance on the whole See, album but, like it's one song that's but he doesn't even talk about anything sure. on the song he maybe has like a line or two where it's like yeah and that's why when that's I saw like 20 plus songs on an Uzi album, I just 90 minutes. Eyes. Like, bro, who wants to hear 90 minutes of Uzi? Let's be real here. 90, 90 minutes, minutes of anybody. Any trap artist. I mean, They could be the best artist in the world. They could be Kendrick. I don't really want to hear an hour and a half of music from me. That's a mm-hmm. long time. That's a really long time. Especially, I mean, who can make an album flow well for that long, too? Make it consistent. Tell an actual story. I mean, at that point, you're just throwing random songs on there. True. And that's not an album. True. Mr. Morale was an hour and 13 minutes, so I'm not going to retract that statement. It's still too long. If Mr. Morale was 20 minutes longer, it would be too long. Yeah, I, I could. think so. Mm. Maybe if they were, though. if it was different songs. Like, I, we're not saying increase the length of any songs, but, like, I don't know, maybe if the Untitled album was did, part of did it. Did not have some shit on there and it ended up on... Mr. Morale, I'd say fuck it if it's an hour and a half. Especially because we're probably not going to hear from Kendrick for the next decade. Right. So, no, I mean, give I'll me an hour and a half hour and fuck it. Yeah. That's kind of how I could feel about it too because when Uzi announced that his album is that long, I was like, okay, I'm cool with it because because he hasn't released in three years. When he does release, he's going to let his fans eat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I appreciate that to some degree because it's like, if, if you're only going to release every so often... Like, I'm going to kind of be disappointed if you release, like, a 10-song album. Yeah, true. I love short albums, but just the anticipation of being like, okay, 
Yeah, this is it's all been you five got. Five years for a new Kendrick album. I wanted to be a double. Album. If Morale yeah. was like twenty minutes long, I'd be so disappointed. That would have been tragic. That long, oh, that would have been terrible. Because like, like well, see you on a few years. <sighs> even if like, it was all good, good. like liar. Come on. <laughs> even if it was all good, it would be like, come on, it's too long. Been sitting with your feet up the last few years. Like, come on. All right, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. We will be back next Thursday. Uh, link in bio, as always. Our guests will be tagged. Check them out. We are out of here. Thanks for having me. Shout yeah. out to Clark, bro. I know you probably don't have anything to plug with.